What's going on, Nation? Big Talk Nation. This is Chris. This is Greg. Welcome back to another episode of Big Talk with Chris and Greg. Sweet sounds of Skid Row right there. Yeah. Love it. That's love, a, love, love it. Right? That's one of my favorite songs from those guys, man. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Probably one of the best power ballads of all time. Whoa. I think not so. E- not even the top 25 all time. Really? I don't know, dude. I like it a lot. It's it's it's, it's great. It's dude. right up there. Yeah. Um, you know, we we just did a, a couple episodes. You know, we did the White Line. We did uh, their first four albums, mm-hmm. and uh, we're gonna go ahead. And we're gonna jump into some Skid Row. All right. Right into their first three. Their their uh, uh, classic classic lineup. And uh, but first, we got some stuff. Let's talk about some stuff. All right. Let's talk about some stuff. This is big talk with Chris and Greg. I'm Chris. Uh, once again, I'm Greg. And you can reach us on Instagram at BigTalkCG.podcast, Twitter at BigTalkCG, email us at BigTalkCG at gmail.com. Keep them coming. We'll get the 12-year-old back on here. Yeah, she's, she's been, ready to she, roll. She's been laid off. Ugh. We didn't get any emails. We, got laid off. we had to lay her off. Sorry. She's still making more than we are, though. She's getting that unemployment. Damn it. And a free education. And a free. That's the American dream, free education, right? <laughs> They'll take you anywhere you want to go. Wow, dang. Right. What else we got going on, man? What happened? What's been um, going on? We got a lot that's been going on. We got, um, I got I to gotta, I gotta tell you, um, can someone close the studio door? I can hear the, the 10-year-old screaming over there. You're out of your mind. Um I, we've been reaching out, dude. We are, everybody already knew that we are internationally known, Ooh, but we are even more internationally known now. We have, um, we were, we've been breaking into some more countries and, uh, I'm really excited about where we're going, where we're expanding to. And I'm just keep on talking cause Greg's eyes just get bigger and bigger <laughs> and bigger with each word I say. And without saying where we're being heard. <laughs> But I got to say, you know, it's really exciting to be doing this, be doing a podcast, two guys that have been friends for 20 years and just talking about stuff that we love and that other people take interest in the right? bullshit yes. that we have to say. Exactly. And expecting really no one else to, to get it. Exactly. And uh, that's, you know, really means a lot to us. And it, it really does. People say it all the time. You always hear people say like, you know, we're so happy you listen to us. And all that. But when you're the actual person that's doing it and people start listening to you, when you're in their shoes, you're like, yeah, dude, it is awesome that actually somebody wants to hear what you have to say when you don't really think that anybody really gives a shit about what you have to say. Yeah, what we're saying or doing. Yeah, you're right on that, dude. So check this out. Check. I'm so excited about this. We are breaking into Taiwan. Whoa. We are in Taiwan. We have listeners slash listeners there. Um, multiple, multiple listens, multiple, multiple downloads um, uh, over the past couple weeks. And that's pretty exciting for me because that's just, that's not an English speaking nation. No. And someone in there is, is taking a liking to what we're having to say right. halfway across the world. And that to me is super, super exciting. And. Another country that we just freshly broke into this week, um, and actually got this. Oh, wait, you want to say something? I was going to say, did the uh, intern episode break into this? 
Uh, the um, intern episode has broken in to Taiwan. <laughs> to Taiwan. China's got issues now. China has issues. COVID has been talked about in Taiwan. Because you said the word K-pop and they went all crazy. They went right? all crazy. All right. She didn't talk about Thai pop. <laughs> T-pop? <laughs> all right, give it to Check me. Check this out. So, where you have broken into a whole other country, but I think to just tell Greg, I'm going to bust out this six-pack I got right here. I bought this today. Hold on. What country is that from? The Czech Republic? We have listeners in the Czech Republic. No way. Oh, no way. Let's open a couple of these. Here you go. All right. Hold on, let me take a let me take a zip for everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Oh yeah, Chris. That's good. I love the surprise though. This is rad. Thank you to everybody around the world. Decent volume of alcohol, man. Yeah. So let's 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 go ahead and recap for everybody that may be new where we got our listeners. Where we got people, obviously the United States of America. Then actually, uh, we're going to count down from most listens to, to, to the bottom. Okay. Where we have one. Um, Taiwan is actually number two now. <laughs> Somebody there loves us. I don't know who it is, but send us send us an email at, at bigtalkcg at, g, at gmail.com. Get on the Instagram, something, you know, bigtalkcg.podcast. Let us know who you are. We would love to hear from you. Five, five, uh, and the next one down is Russia, then Germany, Canada, Czech Republic, Czech Republic. You also got it. You got to send us a, send us something here at uh, Big Talk CG. Yes. Instagram or Big Talk CG at Gmail, something. After that, we got France, Argentina, United Kingdom. We're literally worldwide. I'm loving it, dude. I am this loving is some, it. This man. is something I can tell my kids, which I probably have told them about at nauseum. <laughs> they are tired of hearing hearing me talk about this shit <laughs> i'll tell him next time man i'm so excited i, I am dude and, and uh until you've like done something like this you may just roll your eyes but man I, i'm just i'm beside myself i just cool, can't, man, I can't too, believe that, other, oh, man. that people want to hear what we have to say right especially about the stupid shit we talk about <laughs> rock we wrestling. love yeah rock <laughs> wrestling you know like we know anything about fashion or something? Uh, I sure don't. <laughs> we love you guys. We love every yes, single member of the you. nation. Yes, thank Anybody's you. Anybody's for one second. Um, we love all you guys, and we're just glad you guys are are, are listening, continuing to listen. And uh, Greg is Jesus Christ, dude! You drink that whole beer? You know I did. Jeez Louise. Um, Sometimes I'm thirsty. Did you have anything you wanted to talk about? No, but go. I got a surprise Uh-oh. back from a few episodes ago. All right. So um, my brother, Matt, my younger brother, um, was listening to the Christmas episode, and he heard something. Oh, was it a Christmas episode? And he said, oh, I got something for you as a surprise. And I saw him a couple weeks ago. Pickle candy canes. The pickle ones, dude. <laughs> I was like, no way. He said, dude. So I'm going to bring them to you guys and I will go, I'm going to surprise Chris and uh, we're going to, we're going to try these just for the hell of it. So, uh, we'll take a picture of the back of it. He said he ordered them online and he wanted to bring it to us. So thanks to my, my younger brother, Matt, uh, for bringing us the pickle candy canes. Now, if you want to listen to what we got to say about the, the, the pickle candy canes, go back. It's episode 15. It's part two of our Christmas episode. <laughs> 
And uh, that's where we talk about candy and this and that. But what were we talking about? They said the worst candy cane. Is that what it was? They said this was the worst. Okay. And you said that you didn't want to try. Have you tried one yet? Uh, I tried. Okay, yes. I tasted it, but I didn't enjoy the whole thing. So I broke one up because he brought it. We were with a family, was and it, everybody had a little taste. Was it, of was it. it just the tip? <laughs> yes, it was just the tip that we tasted. <laughs> Did I put my mouth? Yes, yes, Chris. I'll admit it. It was just the tip. <laughs> hey, maybe we should have the intern try it Still first. counts. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, maybe. Do you want? Well, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. All right. Maybe next episode we'll have her try the pickle. Okay. Candy cane. Okay. Tune in for all next right. next week. All right. We're not doing it now, um, or we'll do it later. We we'll do it later. Okay. We'll do it later. We'll do. We'll all do a, a pickle, <laughs> a pickle candy <laughs> challenge. Just the tip. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to see Chris's uh, sucking the tip extravaganza. Yeah, uh, I can go on YouTube. That can give you some <laughs> video. Want to see that sharpened point? And then oh yeah, you want to see? Oh, you want to? This is, is this all about my candy cane eating philosophy? Yes, my philosophy yes. is right. It's fact. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Sounds good. That's my surprise. Skid Row. Skid Row. Sounds good. Um, if you guys don't know anything about this band, one of the one of the greats from the hair band era, the late eighties, early nineties, this band, uh, came from uh, New Jersey, yes. East coast band, East coast, um, uh, got formed by, uh, Ray, uh, Rachel Bolin and, uh, Dave, Dave Sabo. Yeah. They were the two founding, really the two founding members, uh, met how usually people meet, you know, Meeting someone at a record store, you know, they met like where one of them worked and they just kind of met through just an acquaintance and yeah. recruited well, this person, that person. Go ahead. Well, they were saying that Dave was more like Judas Priest and Iron Maiden background and uh, Rachel was more um, Misfits, Ramones, punk type thing. But when they got together, they knew how to mesh their guitar skills and songwriting together to form uh, this, the Skid Row sound. This is one of the most underrated bands from this whole era if you if you're really asking me uh their their debut album which we talked about on the debut album episode which is episode number Number one one. uh we talk about this album we didn't talk about it enough we kind of threw it in at the end and we knew we had to come back to it at some time we just looked at each other and said yeah we're coming back to this one so just gloss it so we came back to this and we're gonna go over the you know the first three albums and uh Man, th- this first album is just amazing. Um, so yes, the, the the core of the band met through uh, you know how nor you know you kind of he- always hear the stories. You know, they knew they met each other at a record store, then through ads, the kind of the other kind of members met. Um, do you know anything about the story about how Sebastian Bach um, got into the band? Yeah, I heard that they um, before that Dave, I guess. Uh, was a neighbor or really close neighbor of John Bon Jovi. Yeah, it's um uh, and they kind of knew each other and were he wasn't in Bon Jovi, but I guess they were just good buddies and they kind of knew Yeah, one of them actually was in Bon Jovi and I don't know where I'm, I had that information here. One of them was actually in Bon Jovi. It was Rachel because he got replaced by Sambora cuz he played guitar. So he got replaced by him and Rachel, I think. Okay. And then um, they said that they uh, 
formed the band. They said they finally got uh, got the other guys in. I think Scotty came in, and then the other drummer, uh, Rob, came in. And um, they had a different uh, singer. But this singer, and, and at one point, they opened up for Bon Jovi in a club. It was like a club. Uh, bon Jovi didn't put their name. They kind of put like a side name. And they were, you know, there... And somebody from the record company said, you know, your songs seem to be good and there's a lot of uh, good energy coming from you. You have good songs, good songwriting. Your sound sounds good. He says, but the only thing is you're lacking a singer. He says, your singer's not the guy for your band if you want to go to the next step. And um, Snake and uh, 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 Rachel... They took a look at that and they started, they said a nine month journey to find the the perfect singer. And uh, they kind of fell into uh, Sebastian after nine months a search for him. And um, I think uh, Sebastian said that he, you know, got a, a demo tape of the guys and he said, when he first heard 18 in life and said, you know what, I think I could do something with this, with the, uh, with the course. Or, or some of the lyrics and, and you know move them around I think I can make something special and the guys hit it off and they just kind of went for it and stuff like that uh, hey uh, one more quick thing before I re- we change the, I'll let you talk again no. was did you know they were throwing around how they got the Skid Row name was they were throwing uh, na- uh, names at each other and one of the names they thought was uh, Skid Marks <laughs> it was Skid Marks or Skid Row Skid Marks Skid Row and they kind of laughed at it, and they go, "Well, we, you know how it really ended. We ended up with Skid Row, but Skid Marks was uh, in their title frame for a little bit." Um, <laughs> yeah, so Skid Row is the name they settled on. They actually had to pay. Uh, oh, I don't know if you know, I know that so one. I'm going to go back. We'll go back a little bit. Um, if anybody knows who uh, Gary Moore is, world-renowned guitar player from '60s, '70s. Oh, okay. Um, he had a band called Skid Row. He's Irish. Has ties with my favorite, one of my favorite bands, Thin Lizzy. He was in that band. Um, they, he had a band before that called Skid Row that Phil Lynott, Lynott was also in, uh, who was a singer of Thin Lizzy. And uh, they actually had to pay him $35,000 to take to get the name. Wow. So I, so I, I do ta- my research, do my cut and paste. Yeah. You know how I do. I, I take it that they were with the Doc McGee. Yeah, they signed of course, them they, of so they, they I think that's how they probably. Yeah, Doc McGee arranged all that. Arranged all that. And 30,000, that's still a lot. 35,000. 35. That's... And uh, I know you were talking about the uh, uh, the Sebastian Bach, how he got introduced and all that stuff. There was actually some kind of tie about how John Bon Jovi's parents saw him singing at a wedding. Um, Michael Weiss oh, was okay, a photographer. That's right. That's right. It was a rock photographer. Yes. And then he heard him, they heard him singing at the wedding. They're like, you need to check this guy out. 18 years old. Yeah. 18 years old. So I think the band that uh, Sebastian was in at the time was a band called Madame X. And uh, I know, remember the few times I've told you about how here in Hollywood there would be like BAM Magazine or, you know, Rock City News or just little magazines that would come out here in Hollywood. And I did see the um, Madame X for a few times. And these were like tall, skinny guys. It was like two guys and two girls. And they just, you know, <laughs> looked out of control. Their hair was, you know, longer than their arms and <laughs> that type of stuff. Um, but that was the first time I think I saw um, the name Madame X. Yeah. Um, so 
he joined the band that kind of really solidified their uh their core lineup um let me see hold on let me look at something right here i also heard that um when they were doing this um lineup and um on their first record and stuff like that that um uh bon jovi and uh, uh richie had um was it um rights to their uh, music uh, um for a little bit of time mm-hmm. and then that kind of did a little tear as the band grew a little bit bigger because now they're not really getting all their rights all their musical stuff a little bit went to john john and richie so i was i was a little bit incorrect i think um i meant to say dave sabo was actually friends with john bon jovi he was the one okay. that was in i had said uh, rachel Bolin, but it was uh, dave sabo snake sabo <laughs> and uh he they both you know he was the one that was briefly in bon jovi for a minute before oh, he okay. got replaced but they both they were childhood friends they were teenage friends so they there, were friends okay. growing up and they both said hey if either of us really make it we gotta do everything we can to help the other person make it which I think is the way it should always be. Correct, when you have good friends. Um, so that's exactly what happened, because if you read the list of who Skid Row got to tour with earlier in their career, it's a who's who. We're talking about the Bon Jovis. We're talking about the Aerosmiths. You know, Doc McGee was their, ended up being their manager. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was Motley Crue. I mean, how, are you, how, can, how could you fail with that kind of... You know, management lineup, be, right? Being the supporting act for any of those those right? bands during that time, uh, we're talking. You know, uh, obviously, you know about the what time? Eighty nine, their debut came out, I believe, yes. and uh, January of eighty nine. Yes. So, uh, probably, yeah, January of eighty nine, January twenty fourth. So uh, they were probably doing 89. a lot of touring in eighty eight. With you know, just playing and playing and playing, and then in eighty nine, when the album broke, they were still touring, supporting, supporting. So they just were really given uh, an opportunity of like, hey. Here, here you go. It's it's on you now. Yeah. Um, let's start talking about the album. Sounds let's good. Let's start talking about the album. Skid Row, self-titled. Um, it's 11 tracks. It's uh, only 39 minutes, but I'm going to tell you guys, this is probably one of the best 39 minutes of a debut <laughs> album you will ever experience. There is not one bad... There's not one skip on the CD, right. record, tape, fast forward. There's nothing on here that you want to skip. You want to listen to every single song. Um, first song on here um, is, is called Big Guns. Um, to me, yeah, about right. a woman and her big guns. Yeah, that's it, Big man. guns, and we're talking about... It starts off rocking, having a good time. I mean, it, that's, that's the opens, way to do it. Yeah, it opens, you know, it opens it's a rocker dude it's a rocker you know we 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 always talk about you know the way you need to open albums uh, are you going to open it you know strong are you going to open it you know soft is this a good opener is this not a bad opener you know let, let i'm just going to play just the beginning of this song you guys judge for yourself i think it's a great opening track you let you let me know It's just rips right from the killer, get-go, dude. dude. Right Heck from the yeah. You know, Sebastian, the thing about, you know, this band is not only are they so tight, the songwriting is so good, 
tight as a band. <laughs> the vocals of Sebastian Bach are definitely like the fifth instrument in the band. <laughs> it's definitely a showcase. Yeah, definitely. His vocals, his vocal prowess is just amazing. And he shows it from the get-go. Yeah. As, as far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, big guns. Yeah, definitely. We all uh, love big guns. Big guns. Um, the next song is uh, Sweet Little Sister. <laughs> yeah. Um, another rocker. Um, can't, I just can't get enough of any of the songs. Oh, yeah, album. dude. Um, you know, doing my research, man, it brought, like I said, another thing just brought back so many good memories of, of listening to this time. And for me, whenever I hear old or older songs, older albums that I haven't heard in a while, it always brings me back to the time that I first heard it, you know, and then from that point on, what was going on in my life? What was this? What was that? See, 89, I was second year in junior college fooling around having a good job good time with my i think my first job or second job probably first job i kind of feel like a lot of the songs on this album are about like i don't even know how to say it without sounding offensive but just like not like the gutter but like hookers and tramps and just the seedy side of town which goes great with their name skid row but that kind of seems what it's about yes i mean this song it's called sweet little sister but it's not about his sister it's about this there's the woman that's like mm, she's borderline <laughs> at best if you start hearing the song she's, she's every she'll be with every guy she's down in the subway she's yeah. gonna show you a good time it's, it, it's it's not necessarily the, the you know the the uh, uh, you know the best neighborhood to live in. I kind of guess yeah. the Skid Row neighborhood. Um, can't stand the heartache, which is uh, track number three. I think this is a great song, dude. Oh I yeah, totally. Song, and another thing that they they a lot of things they did on these tracks was they have a lot of those sing along choruses, which I yes. love. Yes, you know, definitely. We, we go back to our White Lion conversation. The, I love the pump your fist in the air. This isn't necessarily a pump your fist in the air, but it's, hey, sing with us. Yeah, of course. Uh, we're at Can't Stand the Heartache. Yeah, so you're there, Can't Stand the Heartache, everybody's screaming, yelling, you know, good times, man. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. You want to listen to a little bit of that one? Yes. Let's go right here. This is the chorus right here. Sebastian can just right. go, dude. Listen to the guitar. I mean, it's it was like a lot of the bands that were successful at that time. It's there were so many bands trying to do the same thing that you really had to hit that perfect storm because you hear some albums like this band did one, this band did one, this band did one, this band did one, but because they just didn't have that perfect. Uh, uh, the perfect ingredients to make that cake. Yes. Of that rock band. They didn't have it. They had too yeah. much of this or not enough of this or, or way over the top or way yeah. underneath. And then and then when they change it or do something different, does it work or doesn't it work? And some mm -hmm. a lot of times it doesn't work, but sometimes it may work in a different way. Yeah. Totally. That is true. Totally, totally, dude. Yeah. Love that song, dude. That's a, that's a that is yeah, that's a great one. That was not a single, that was not a hit, that was nothing more than just hey, if you listen to the album which I preach we about do. all the time. <laughs> you got to listen to the album, the whole thing, all the way through. 
Uh, Peace of Me, the next song on the yeah. album. Yeah. Dude, this track is... I love it, dude. This was I, the fourth single of the uh, of the album. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a big single, but I think they just kind of threw it out there just I to. I think they did. It could be like, uh, okay, we're gonna come out with something next, but yeah, and, just, just yeah, <laughs> throw you a bone for a second. I mean, it didn't sound like anything that they came out with their next album, but it was obviously. Uh, I actually didn't know that this was the fourth single. Yeah, I know. Um, I don't think they did like a big uh, announcement or a single thing, but. It, it, doing my research also it said yeah we released as this as a fourth single maybe just to one last tour maybe the tour with Aerosmith they kind of just said oh we got one more single to throw out and everybody because that time they were trying to do three to four singles per album and you know I, I kind of um, something just kind of hit me about this window when I'm kind of looking at the lyrics and, and stuff the, it, the lyrics are very sleazy yes they tend to be sleazy but, they, but their music doesn't have that sleazy sound and I know me and you've had conversations about bands like Faster Pussycat LA Guns Hanoi Rocks they tend to have that sleazy sound yes. which I'm not the biggest fan of but those are bands we'll probably talk about in the future which is fine they're not some of my favorites but they're, I also listen to them I still like them but they're just not on the top of my list but this band Skid Row they had the sleazy lyrics but they still had a hard hitting sound that I like. Yeah, oh yeah, dude. It was totally good, man. I, I do I do totally dig the song, especially the start of it with the bass, heavy oh, yeah. bass, you know. Yeah, yeah good dude, stuff, it's man. Great. Um So on the next one, we'll start off with the 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 second single, which was Eighteen in Life. But I thought this was a bigger single than the first one. It, it, I think it was because I think they had two top ten. Two top ten singles. Yeah, if I'm yeah. correct, and this was one of them. I remember you, which is later on. We'll talk about, but eighteen in life. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, starts off. I mean, great storytelling uh, lyrics. You know, um, eighteen in life. Talk about uh, when you're young, when you're eighteen, when you're angry at the world, when you're angry with your parents or angry with life, and uh, you think that this is what you got going, man. I go, that's kind of it. It was just a a, a good rock and roll angry song. That every eighteen-year-old rock and roll kid, you know, with long hair, and wanted to listen to in his car, you know, on his Trans Am and stuff. Yeah, so <laughs> I got right here. Um, in uh, in 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 U.S., this album went to number six. Okay. Which I mean, as much as uh, hair metal was big in the '80s, it wasn't really the biggest selling kind of music you still were like the pop was really still the the headlining act of the oh, 80s. of course um so for an album like this to even break the top 10 in my opinion is huge wasn't this even a huge. slow burn too like it they all were well <laughs> i mean they all were well with the next album's not a slow burn no the, the, but we'll talk we'll finish we'll with this about, one well yeah because yeah. it wasn't the first one it wasn't the, you know it wasn't coming out the it gate wasn't the, yeah correct but uh, yes it was a slow burn people you know, they kept it on the airways. They did go to number one in New Zealand. These guys, oh, New Zealand. New Zealand, they they know what's up down yeah. there, dude. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> well, Lord just, of the Skid Row. <laughs> just wait, just wait till Big Talk invades. Yeah, when we invade New Zealand, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna spread faster than COVID nineteen. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa. Gonna close the borders when we get there. All right. Because they want to keep us in. Yeah. Not let us go. It's all right. Yeah, dude. So the album went to uh, number six in U.S., number one in New Zealand. The next uh, two highest were uh, uh, Canada at eleven and Aust uh, Australia at twelve. Um, 
Let's see what's the next song on here. What were we just talking about? Oh, Rattlesnake Shake. Yeah, same sex, thing. Sex song. Exactly right. And, sex I've been, sounds, and I dude. was listening to it. I was like, is this song about like her shaking her ass like a rattlesnake or me shaking my thing like a rattlesnake? Like, uh, I couldn't uh, really differentiate the lyrics. I'm like, ah, whatever way you want to do Yeah. I don't know if it was about being with yourself or being with a woman. I couldn't really <laughs> tell. And you really can't. Sometimes you're just like, oh, I think it's this. Oh, wait, maybe it's not. Oh, wait, maybe it is. I don't know. No, being with a woman. We're going to say it that way. Yeah, I think we're going to say it's about being with a woman. All right. Good song. It's not the first song that's called Rattlesnake Shake. Um, Molly Crew had a song on Dr. Feelgood, Rattlesnake yeah. Shake. So it's a popular title, obviously. Number right. seven, Youth Gone, Gone Wild. Wild. This was their first single, and Hell I yeah. absolutely love this song. This it's one of my favorite songs <laughs> from this whole era. It, I will honestly second favorite song on the album. Second okay. favorite for me. Second you know favorite. What? Same thing where you know the the angry youth, um, being eighteen, being young or under twenty in your teens. And just, you know, the youth gone wild. Just, you know, here it is. Are we a little uh, sample? You want to hear? We're going to hear some right now from the start. Do it. This isn't like... You can't really compare them to a lot of the hair bands of the time. Like, this is not poison. (laughs) Right? This This is not poison. This is a jam, dude. It's good. This is... They got some girth yeah, they, to their ooh. music. There All we right. go. We got some girth. Listen to Sebastian just sing. Sometimes you just can't help but just let the music play, right? Right. I'm cranking it right now. Cranking it. Here we go. <laughs> Chris is the youth gone wild. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, dude, this is a song, man. This is an anthem. Yeah. Now, now, being an old man, I sorry, the youth gone wild. It's too crazy for me. Bring it down. It, it's not too crazy because it <laughs> brings me back. Right. It brings me back. Um, I think we've seen Sebastian once in concert. Yeah, there was a solo. I thing think it was did, a yeah. solo, and uh, he was opening act. Uh, but man, just hearing this song being sung by the singer that sings it. Yeah, dude. Is amazing. <laughs> and this is one of my favorites from this first album. I just I can't get enough of it. Now. Yeah. Totally kick ass song, man. Okay, next one. Let's go. Here I am. Right. Same thing. Here I am. Just you know, kind of just a you know Good reg- song. Re- regular ass you know you know song talking about you know same thing. That this album seems to be a lot about sleaze. It seems to be a lot about you know love and 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 getting down and dirty and that, that that's what a lot of it yeah. is about. And, and it's reality. We'll we'll figure this is the first the first album and all these guys are young guys and. You know what they're what uh, I would say twenties eighteen to Sebastian's to, only eighteen okay but but Rachel I, I, and and Sabo were the main songwriters yeah obviously. so I, I think that you know so these guys write some stuff and 
hey man, I uh, that's what they were into. We're just you know looking at their surroundings in New Jersey maybe, and just kind of you know did some rock and roll, just some investigating. When we went out in, uh, on the streets and hey, let's write a song about hey, what do we see? You know, girls and trash and good times. Getting you know? trashed. Yeah, definitely. Uh, next song off that one's uh, making a mess. And it's kind of funny. We're really just trying to get to the next song after this, <laughs> <laughs> which is an amazing song, which we may just play the whole thing on our podcast. I don't know. <laughs> um, making a mess. Uh, I, you, you know, it's funny just the saying about that is one of the things that they put on one of the shirts was the skid row making a mess of the U S yeah. <laughs> right on a, on a tour short. On one of the tour yeah. shirts. Yeah. Um, this song making a mess, dude. Same thing, dude. About a woman making a mess. Uh, Getting between two guys, yeah, probably. It's, it's sex laced about girls, um, having a good time. Um, that's what it, that's what the era was about. That's what everybody that was into this music wanted to hear songs about. Same thing, um, but the songs didn't sound the same. So it was like. Every song, they basically kind of did almost the same kind of topics, the same kind of um, not doing the same story or the same uh, iteration of, of, of what was going on, but they were basically kind of talking about the same things and they made it sound different every time just because the songwriting was so strong. Their songwriting is amazing, dude, on this first album. You just... It it gets better, it gets better, it gets better. Their next album gets better and better and better. It's just right. amazing, and uh, the, the 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 songwriters for this band can just take topic and just make it sound fresh, make it sound better as time goes on. Definitely, I'm making a mess. The next song, in my opinion, you know, the more I listen to this song, <laughs> the more I start thinking to myself. And, and I may get some pushback from Greg. I don't know because I don't think I've ever said this to him before. This might be the best power ballad ever. Ever. I'm going to question you on that one. But I agree with you on being one of the best power ballads. How it starts off, you know, acoustic, singing, guys, this lyrics. This power ballad is it, a... It, it rocks, dude. I mean, don't get me wrong, man. If you, if you were in a car... You know, with the top it's, down. You know, I was listening to the song and I was like, it it has too many, it has so many, it's like, it talks about like, so the song is called I Remember You. Yes. So obviously it's about trying to remember someone from your past, but it talks about in past tense and present tense in the same song. So it's kind of like, I remember you. And then it talks about when we're together right now and I love you and all these kind of things. And so it's, it really can be taken either as in a past relationship that you're trying to mend or a past relationship that you're trying to hold on to yeah, in hold a on present to. relationship that you love someone so much and, and all these things. And so yeah, exactly. Be, oh man, I love this. Song. This is a great song, man. I have to you see know, solos yeah. even awesome on that. Man. You, you, yeah. Right. Come on. Let's hear some more, man. Let's hear some more. Here's some more. This acoustic at the beginning is amazing. Okay. Yeah. I want to drive out sunset, man, and hear it. I just fell in love with you. <laughs> <laughs> just so that you get Chris, I remember you. And Sebastian Bach singing oh. in the song is is unprecedented. Oh, dude, totally, man. 
You know, this song, I remember one time specific, I was driving home from work and the song came on the radio. And I was in a big, huge line on the freeway trying to get off, dude. This song came on. And I unbuckled my seatbelt, just guitar soloed my seatbelt. <laughs> I was like, oh, dude. Like I was on stage or something. That was amazing, dude. That's funny. I just couldn't help myself. I, I just, um, best power ballad, in my opinion, best power okay. ballad of all, all right, time. Dude. I just can't get enough of it. I'll, I'll give it to can't you. Can't get enough of listening to it. I really just want to kind of, I really just want to fast forward. And I want to listen to, uh, I want to listen to the uh, solo. Ooh, yeah. There you go, dude. I really want to. solo. I got to find it. I got to find it. So keep talking. No way. Uh, no. Oh, yeah, of course, dude. <laughs> uh, you know, same thing, dude. Uh, excellent song. Great power ballad. Um, one of those things before, man. You know what, uh, Sebastian, dude, it, it, when we saw him uh, live and he sang this, dude, it was just like, this is what we wanted to hear. We wanted to see him sing the Skid Row songs, and we want to, you know, cheer and laugh and scream and put our hands up in the air and almost put our lighters up, because back then we still had lighters, you know, and do that kind of stuff, dude. I got it. Solo. Let's hear it. Yes, we are guitar soloing, folks. Air guitar. Love it. Love it. It does not get any better than that right there at all. You know what? I'm going to test that theory because uh, there are a few few songs coming up in the next records uh, that are good. And now, do they stand the test of time as I remember you? I'm going to say no, but they're going to come awful close on this kind of stuff. Well... Um, I know that probably two songs you're talking about. Okay. No, I don't. I don't think they sound the test of time. Like, uh, hold on a second. Am I, does I sound weird here? Yeah, you do. Hold on a second. Dun 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 dun. Do I still sound weird? Is this better? Uh, a little bit better. Hello. There are some better too. Hello, hello. Is that better? Yes. That's way better, right? Yes, I think so. Right. I think How's we were, that? I think we were air guitaring too much. I might have messed yeah, up the, I think that, uh, the studio. We were doing some hit the knobs. <laughs> there we go. That's right. way better, way Do better. Um, the last song on the album, Midnight Slash Tornado. Yeah, that's how we close it, man. Rocket song. Yeah, this is a straight rocker. Straight rocker, great way to close the album. Heck yeah, uh, man. Open it with a rocker, close it with a rocker. Uh, Has some good fun stuff in the middle. It's good fun stuff in the middle. We're gonna go forty minutes. <laughs> Album's over. A little quick story about this album. I stole it. What? I, I talk about it in our episode number one. <laughs> um, I wanted this album so bad. I stole the cassette <laughs> from I don't remember what record store in Capitol Mall in Olympia, Washington. <laughs> they're still looking. Probably for made the store. I bet that store went out of business because I stole one <laughs> tape. But, That's uh, funny, man. You know. Hey, 
Uh, just to close up, now when they did the 30th anniversary of this album, they released one more song. I don't know if you you listened to it. It was called Forever. And it's not... Uh, it's not as heavy or as... Hold on, it's a hold on. Yeah. That's for the Czech Republic right there. Thank you. Um, <laughs> what are you talking about? I need one too. Oh, you need me to open your beer? Yes. Uh, forever. Um, part of a B-side. I think it was the a, a Japanese B-side that was released um, over there. But they released it on their 30th anniversary. Uh, good fun song, dude. There's there's nothing wrong on uh, with this one. Cheers. Uh, cheers. Skid Row. That's us drinking. Yeah. I don't know if you heard that one. Were you have a chance to check I it out? I don't think I've ever heard that song. Um, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll flip around with it next. All right. So uh, we're going to start off uh, with the next uh, album, uh, which I think the, the guys in the band, they think they said they were on tour, on tour, on tour. They had a chance to you know, record the next album. Uh, that last album was done with Michael we uh, Wagner, if I'm correct. And they did his album again. He was also the producer of... Uh, Slave to the Grind. Love it. Oh, man, start off. Um, starts off with Monkey Business, the first single of the album, and it starts off where they left off. Well, hold man. on, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's talk about how momentous this album was. Oh, definitely. First hard rock album to debut on the Billboard charts at number one ever. You know, ever. Because they had three hit singles a great tour and you know they went with, with I great mean, you momentum keep, and they have a great band yeah um, oh. well great or excellent great all right <laughs> great okay. great love it love it love it so yes yeah, like you're saying monkey business um might be my favorite song off of this album it, by far out of all the albums their best opening song Love monkey business. Love, love, right. love, love, love. You know, I've, I want to hear some of it right okay. now. Okay. I love it that they added the cowbell to it, man, because that just added a different L element to it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. All right. Let me make sure my volumes are right. I don't want to. I've been caught a couple times with my volumes down. Here we go. Yeah. This uh, really showcases Sebastian Bach's vocals. Right here. Love it. This is a cranking song, dude. Oh, man. So, oh. Hold on, hold on. Here he goes. And you can tell right off the bat, this is not, this is way harder. Oh, yeah. Not way harder, but harder than their first album, for sure. They definitely did a, they, uh, they, they, they were looking for a sound. They've told, they've said a lot of times they were looking for a sound. They found the sound. They deliberately made this album harder and they succeeded in every single way possible. Exactly. Amazing album. Do you, um, they also, when they released this album, they were on tour with the Mighty Guns and Roses in '91. Yeah. That that d didn't hurt their their sales right there. No, yeah, for sure. You know, people want to get there. Oh, who's opening? Skid Row. Shit, let's get there early. Yeah, people were going to see them as yeah. well. It wasn't like they were, 
you know, filing in, you know, after they played four or five songs, they were, right. they were filing in they were before they played any songs. Exactly. Packed house from the beginning. You know, oh, I always, I always love that. So whenever I went to a, a show and uh, if I, well, there's a band that I, if there was like three or four acts, I tried to get there to see all of them because I just wanted to check them out. Yeah. It was, maybe I like them. I rocked one song. Let me just hear that. And you know, then other people are like, oh, dude, we were in the park and not partying. And I'm like, hey, that's great, man. But there's the show, man. We got to see the band, support them. Yeah. Yeah. But so, yeah, I would have been, I would have been in there checking out Skid Row. I don't even know if I went to that show. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I have never seen Skid Row as a band. Okay. Just Sebastian. Just Sebastian. So, yeah. So, all right, man. So, uh, uh, Slave to the Grind. So the uh, next Slave to the Grind. But this was, was this the this was the obviously title track. This was the was this the first single, or was Monkey Business? Monkey first Business. Monkey was. Business was the first single. Slave yeah. to the Grind. Um, great song. Uh, it's about hey, you can't. You're never gonna be king of the world unless if you're slave to the grind. Right, you're gonna man, be man. stuck in the rat race of and, corporate America. You're never gonna make it to the and, top. And we all know that, dude. We're. We, <laughs> Sometimes me and Chris are slave to the grind, too. <laughs> We're always slave to the grind. <laughs> slave to the grind hey, did, day after day. Did you know uh, on uh, that um, Sebastian's father did the artwork for this album? I did not know that. You didn't know that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. It was, it was one thing. So I guess he's a, um, a painter, and uh, he got his he got the guys to, you know, or he did a um, paint and... Uh, and the guys loved it, you know. <clears throat> if you look on it too, it looks like there's a guy with a, uh, a three-piece suit on and a with the the Zach Morris phone, you know. If you look a little bit into it, <laughs> the Zach Morris phone, yeah, I love dude, it, Zach dude. <laughs> I love it. That's, is that AC in the background over there? Is Screech <laughs> slave to the Screech? <laughs> and <clears throat> same thing. One of the main writers on this album is Dave and Rachel. They just, you know, Sebastian did a few credits on the on the recording but you know dave and, and rachel just did most of these songs man those guys a lot of, the, this album really has a theme and i think slave to the grind is really the theme of the whole album it's a very anti-authority album it's we're not going to give in to you as the authority kind of a thing uh you can like the next song called the threat we're not we're going to do what we want to do you can't make us do what we're going to do yeah. you can threat and say whatever you're going to say you're going to do to us, but we're still going to do what we're going to do. And, exactly. And, that, and that's the way it's going to be. And, 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 and that's really a theme that runs through not all, not all, but most of the album for sure. That's cool, man. Rock and uh, roll, All right, we're going to go to track number four, which I know Greg wants to talk about this song for sure. Because oh, yeah. I know he's going to equate it to the song I talked about. Uh, it's a ballad. You know what? I, I never felt it was a ballad. It's balladish. It's balladish, but or uh, balladish. Yeah, no ballad. Ballad. Yeah, quicksand Jesus. Um, quicksand Jesus. Same thing. Good song. Uh, starts off a little slow. You know, goes into it has a lot of meaning. Sebastian's um, the way he sings it is just amazing. You can you know practically feel his emotions and stuff like that. I love it, man. Yeah, I this song is one of my favorites on the album for sure. I definitely want to play some of this. I think the listeners that have never heard this need to hear it. And here we go. Jesus, 
Dude, his dude, he just his, his vocals are amazing. Right? They're just awesome on this, dude. Love it. <laughs> Emotion, dude. dude. I love it, dude. You can't get me. Yeah, you, when you sing with emotion, there's nothing better. Jesus. All right, we're going to move on. All right. As much as we don't want to, we would just love to like listen to the whole song. Um, Psycho Love. Next song on the album. Yeah. Talk about it. Uh, uh, you know, same thing. Uh, rock and roller, heavy. Um, talking about probably... <laughs> uh, well, I'm looking at the lyrics right here. Love, it's a, it's a, it, I'm looking at the lyrics right here. You know, cleaning needles with her wine face down in her one-eyed world. Dude, this is about a drug addicted hooker, drug addicted <laughs> woman who's gonna show you how psycho she is. She will give you anything. Yeah. Here's my psycho love. Yeah, exactly. I mean, some we, people we, love it. Some people we've don't. all heard. You know, you know, give you a blowjob for for a hit. You know, you can, those are all. That's the the what are the parody of of of, of people addicted to drugs. Exactly, and, and it's a reality, and these guys are writing about it, and it's unfortunate, but that's what the song's about. It's, I'll give you what you need to get what I need. Psycho love. Yeah. Psycho. Psycho. Um, Rachel Bolin did that uh, record. Um, yeah, song, all by man. himself, man. Nice. Wrote that one all by himself, man. These guys are. Here's the thing, and I'm gonna I will go to the grave, ranting, raving, and say the hair band, um, music will forever go underrated. Some of the best musicians, best songwriters, best singers, best performers in the history of music, and they get for some reason put in this like whatever kind of section of the audience, like. Yeah, whatever. We're not gonna take you guys seriously, but dude, they were some of the best, if not the best. I mean, their their songs are amazing, right? I don't know why people just don't. I mean, is it not serious enough for them? Are we not? Ta we're taking on serious topics here. Is it? Is it? We're talking about drugs. We're talking about hookers. We're talking about all these things that are real in life. But it, we're what? What? Because it's Skid Row, we're not gonna. Talk, take it seriously or what? Oh, uh, or maybe it's too loud, you know, because people always said, you know, if it's too loud, you're too old. Is Tracy Chapman going to make a fucking song about it? Jesus Christ. <laughs> maybe Madonna is, dude. She's a fast woman. <laughs> She's taking her drugs every day. She's a hooker on the corner. <laughs> what, what do we got to do here? Is that, is we got to oh. win a Grammy? <laughs> Chris needs another beer. That was the no, best No, we don't Tracy win, gra we don't win, time, we don't win Grammys. Jethro Toll wins Grammys. Hey. Don't don't start me on Jethro Tull and <laughs> look up the joke. We're not gonna explain it to you. <laughs> okay, so the next song, which um, now if you check this out, if you listen to it on Spotify, you're not gonna find this because on Spotify it's the clean version. If you look on Apple Music, you get the next song, which is called "Get the Fuck Out." Oh, I love it! And it was a kick-ass, in your face, down your throat song. Yeah, I mean, it was one of these things that I do remember seeing that live, <clears throat> um, in concert, and it was just like you know that was the song, man. Get the fuck out! And it was, 
it was killer. And it was funny because I'm on Spotify and I'm hearing it and I'm like, I'm missing something. There's something I'm missing on Slave to the Grind. Then I switched over to Apple Music and I was like, holy shit. It's, you know, get the fucks out. I totally forgot about that song. And, and, I was, and then they're all, they still have that same theme of like, you can't tell me what to do. Get the yeah, fuck out. That's exactly, like, that's, yeah. It runs through the whole album. Yeah. And it, it kind of sounds tongue in cheek because you didn't have the time. He's like, get the fuck out. And you're like, yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> get the fuck out. <laughs> it's a killer song. It, if you have Spotify, sorry. But if you have Apple Music, check it out, man. It's, it's, it's good. It's a good rock and roll song, man. I love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Next song, uh, Living on a Chain Gang. I didn't listen to the song much. No, it's, um, it's not. It's not one of my it might be favorites. The, it might be the one that you kind of listen to, but I don't know. It's her next. You got to talk to somebody. I don't know. But, but, uh, don't get us wrong, dude. This is not a bad song. Um, we just, it's, I guess it's the throwaway track of the album, I guess, kind of. Um, okay. Uh, it's not memorable for me. No, not um, me either, dude. It doesn't sound out. It didn't give me the willy chillies. Um, so let's move on. All right. Number eight, Creep Show. You know, th- this is, uh, we talk about Rachel and, and Dave being most of the songwriter on this one. Um, Scotty Hill and also the drummer, Rob Rufusio, um, got credits for recording it too, which is pretty, you know, if you look at the credits, it's pretty different. Yeah, this song's about some weird shit, dude. It's about transvestite psychos. They're saying some stuff in here that I don't want to repeat. <laughs> um, they're just saying, like, dude, reality is a creep show. Yeah. I mean, weird. they're 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 not really talking down. They're just saying, hey, man, there's a lot of shit going on out exactly. there. It's a creep show. The, the human race is a creep show. And I think yeah. we'd all agree that we don't agree with everybody. And it just, it's creepy out there. Yeah. All right, so we're going to move on. Uh, number nine on the Slave to the Grind, In a Darkened Room. You I know like what? this song. I, I'm going to tell you, this is one of my favorite songs. I like this song. From Skid Row. Yeah, I like this song. You want to play a little bit for me? Yeah, dude, where do you want me to play it from the beginning? Uh, no, middle. You can do, Mi- you can where, where, where from? Where from? Uh, just play hit play, and we'll go from there. All right, let's see, let's see, let's see. Yeah. Um, let's play it from here. Because I want to hear some screaming because I really feel he got an emotion out of himself. You know, starting off slow. Listen to this. Almost feels like a little bit of a depression going on and, you know, finding a way out of it. Yeah. That's exactly what this song's about. You know, it's, it's slave to the grind. Everybody's on top of you. Everybody's telling you what to do. Yeah. Everybody's putting pressure on you. It's going to make you feel like if you aren't living up to people's expectations. And sometimes you're you feeling to, like you're in a darkened and, room. And, 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 it, and you need to, to get me, out, To me, it's an man. anti-suicide song, really. I mean, and, uh, okay. I'll take that. Um, you're crying for help. Yeah. So they released a video for this, too. And uh, when I used to see it. I would just love it because I think Sebastian sings with super emotion and it makes me feel like, damn, that's, that's what I see. You know, I fall into the sea and still I swim for sure. That's get yourself out of your funk and you need to do it, man. Yes. Here we go. Love the song.
Right there, dude. That's killer, <laughs> bro. Right. That is killer. That's super killer to me, dude. Yeah, dude, I love it. That man. just hit me a little it, bit, dude. I just got a little emotional just listening to that right there. Because it, it's a great song on it that, is. man. It's, uh, uh, this is, that's a sin. As, you know, and it's a slow, uh, same thing, solo kicks ass, man. It was just good stuff, man. In the darkened room. I love it. And it was also one of the singles that they had. I think. There was I hope f- you guys all go back and, you know, some of these songs were getting into more detail. Some of them were not getting into so much detail. These are all good songs. Their first two albums, every single track is a good track. Please, please, please go back. Skid Row self-titled, listen to it all the way through. Slave to the Grind, listen to it all the way through. And like loud. we preach, like we preach. And loud, don't do it. If, if you're, you're driving, it loud, you're... if you're working, loud. if you are working, you might be in a warehouse setting. I don't know, what'd you just do, dude? It just all of a sudden went I just weird. There we go. That's way better. If you're working in a warehouse setting, maybe you're stocking something of some sort. <laughs> Turn this, crank this up. Um, if you're driving, crank yeah, this if you're driving, up. dude. If you're doing homework, crank this up. If you're taking the kids to the school, crank it up. Oh, I crank it up. It's kind of <laughs> funny, dude. I was picking up the 12-year-old from school today. I had some skid row playing. Dude, I was still researching, dude, the last minute. She goes, oh, my God. So embarrassing, Dad. I go, what? She goes, you picked me up. Your music was all loud. I go, I'm doing research, baby. Got <laughs> <laughs> the skid row play, dude. What am I supposed to do? Oh, I love it, man. See, I didn't get to do that with my daughter. That pisses me off. Damn it. See, it's funny because... I pick her up in front of the school, but I drop her off on the corner from the school. So I let her play whatever she wants on the way. So oh, when she okay. gets out, if it's playing anything, no one sees me in the car listening <laughs> into K-pop. <laughs> do, do, but when do, I pick do. her up, <laughs> I've dictated the radio. So skid row it is. Nice. All right. Let's move on to their third album, their final album. What are you doing, man? What? We still got three more songs on. Uh, do on- we? On Steve to the Grand. All right, you know what? I'll talk about it then. Next song. Oh, I, my Riot bad. Act. I, my bad, my bad, my bad. Yeah, how many Czech Republic beers did you have, man? Four? One. One and a half? I don't know why. Riot Act. And it, Riot Act. Same thing. Uh, kick-ass song. Uh, rock and Roller. Has a good time, man. It's a good song. Um, you know, anything you want to add to that? Um, kick-ass song. Um just fits right in with the whole theme of the album slave to the grind don't read me the riot act uh, i'm a dude same thing dude it's 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 the same kind of thing done differently different style different sound different songwriting different lyrics we're gonna keep telling you it's a theme album it's not like a story um maybe it is i don't know maybe i haven't listened to it enough to be like this is a story a journey of somebody it may be a slave to the grind story i don't know maybe i need to listen to it a couple more times but it goes within the whole theme of the album which is great for me i love it i love it love it yeah uh the next one is uh mud kicker same thing you know what goes with that theme of you know um if you have to kick the dirt, you know, you're going to kick the mud, you know, throw somebody's mud in your eye or something like that. Yeah. Uh, same thing. Good stuff, man. They, uh, good rock and roll song. Yeah. You got to kick up shit. You, heavy. Gotta, you can't just, you know, take it lying down. Yeah. You know, kick up some mud, kick up some dust. The shit gets dirty. You better make, you know, stick up for yourself. That's kind of really what this song is about. Um, it, it's just standing up for yourself and not letting people walk over you. It's still in the same theme you yeah. guys you guys get what's going on this is a theme album i love it 
Yeah. Love, love, love it. Uh, the last song on how it ends is uh, "Wasted Time," which is the third single on the on the album. This is one. I'll just say it here. I'll, I, I think you really want to talk. Uh, this is one of my another one of my favorite songs by them. Definitely yeah. for sure. And I I think they do the slower songs just so well because I I don't know if it's the music, the songwriting, or if it's a showcasing uh, Sebastian Bach's voice or what it is. But um, I just love the slower songs. Here, let's play some of this from the intro. Let me let me play some of this from the okay. intro. Okay, uh, just as you're playing that, did you know that Sebastian said that this song was written about Steven Adler of Guns N' Roses? I didn't know that. Yeah. I love it. Oh, dude, it's great, man. I love the songs that have that slow, slow intro and just rip. Oh, hell yeah, dude. This is another one of those songs that has that yeah. slow intro, just rips into the, you know, into the rest of the verse, into the chorus. Love it. So in the U.S., this song did go double platinum. Here we go. Boom. Right into the chorus. Love it. Oh, I think killer. I've said I love it like three thousand times in this. Episode. You know what? Sometimes you know. Sometimes bands and sometimes songs bring up so much. Uh, emotion on that and you know for us you know saying killer or love it or something like that is just something we do we yeah. love these kind of songs man uh before we get into the next album um so in between the end of slave to the grind and before subhuman race they released a five song uh kind of cover songs called uh beside ourselves uh which chris doing his uh his backup information or his, his uh, homework didn't really he forgot that it was on there um there's five songs on it it starts off with um wait a minute what does it start off with uh, psychotherapy oh, oh, psychotherapy which rachel did the vocals for and if you didn't know timmy down did background vocals for from faster pussycat yeah so that they did uh psychotherapy from the ramones uh good fun song um can't tell you how much i i, I thought it was just a a, a kick-ass fun cover and i was totally glad that rachel did the vocals for it because it was you know something different with the guys um on the next one that was a uh, totally love because i know these guys love kiss they did come on and love me which is still a good fun song for me you know it goes on there um it did it justice come on and love me i know uh, sebastian is a big uh kiss fan uh and i think dave was too hey it works man uh, come on and love me um the next one after that uh, goes on. It's a live performance um, from Phoenix, Arizona, of Delivering the Goods, which is from Judas Priest. Priest, Priest number one. Hey, man. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Judas Priest number one, man. Who comes next? Iron Maiden, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, by the is- way, the last time I recorded, 
<laughs> we actually got done and we went and we watched Heavy Metal Parking Lot a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, just just to watch something being stupid, man. That's we were just finishing up, man. This is a, a live recording in Phoenix, Arizona, where they brought Rab Halford up on stage and did um, uh, delivering the goods from Judas Priest, man. Um, yeah, on the next one is uh, What You're Doing. I don't know if you knew that one. What You're Doing is from Rush. From Rush, yep. Uh, from their first album. And um, it took me a few times because I, I couldn't recognize the song. And then I, when I started doing my homework, I was like, damn, that's a Rush song? And there it is, man. So uh, on the last song, we're gonna, well, I'm, I'm going to let Chris talk about it, which uh, just let everybody know. They did a, a song called Little Wing, which is from Jimi Hendrix. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chris was saying that's one of his favorite songs, but he's never oh, heard love song. this cover. So we're going to hear a little bit right now of Skid Row's cover of Little Wing. This is one of those songs that like nobody knows the name of the song. Right. They know the song. Loving it, man. This is actually my first time ever hearing this right now. And I love it. <laughs> His voice, man. Goes with that blues sound, man. This is amazing. It's a good song, man. I wish we had all day. Yeah, we don't. All right, so this was released in May of 1992. Five-song EP, 18 minutes, 33 seconds of fun Skid Row influence. I love it. Yeah, dude. All right, Chris, what was the next album you want to talk about? Subhuman Race. <laughs> Subhuman Race. It was their last song, uh, album uh, with the classic, classic lineup. And if I have to be honest with you and with our audience, I was not a huge fan of it. Um, I liked a couple songs off of here, a couple tracks. I liked Fire Sign. I liked Into Another. Um there was a heavy album, um, but there were a couple of tracks I just did not like at all. I thought they were trying to change too much with the times, trying to catch up to a time that had passed them by. Obviously, this album came out in 1995, and the previous album was 91, so, uh, so four years. And they, were, I think that you know, with the I think grunge, I, the whole uh, they, way they, that they probably they, took a break too from touring. They probably yeah. did a, a what 18 month or you know two year oh, tour. These guys are probably burned in the hate, man. You know, let's get, let's you get know, a couple but, breaks. But these songs aren't aren't all they're not bad. It's just it was such a departure from what they had done before because I didn't feel as though the lyrics uh or the vocals of Sebastian Bach were showcased as much as they were in previous, and I really think he's an important element of the band. But the songs like Fire Sign and uh Into Another really showed his voice. Uh, they they showed another side of it, but just not the side of it that it had been part of the first couple albums. Exactly. Um, the songwriting was still pretty strong. 
um, the heaviness from the previous album of uh, A Slave to the Grind. Uh, in some cases, they actually turned it up a notch. Uh, I don't think they ever uh, backed down from the songwriting style that they had done from um, Slave to the Grind. So if you're looking for something that's still heavy, definitely listen to this album. Listen to it, listen to it, listen to it. Um, but I just am not an overall fan of the album at all. Oh, okay. You know what? It starts off with, was it My Enemy? My Enemy. My Enemy. It's all right. Um, and I, I thought it was decent. Uh, um, but wasn't like Monkey Business, wasn't like Big Guns. It didn't start. It didn't no. hit me in the face. It was weak. As an um, opener, it was weak. Yeah. Uh, the next song, was it a fire sign? Fire sign. You know, what, I like that song. What took me for a second, it was one of those things doing my research. I liked it after hearing it three or four, five, six times. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. I like the course. All right. I like what they're doing. All right. This song is a little bit memorable and I'm, I'm starting to yeah. dig it. And uh, I felt, I felt. It, you definitely can sing with this song. Um, loved it. Loved it. Yeah. Uh, going from that one. Um, bonehead, you know what? It didn't. It didn't catch me. It didn't. See, the thing I think that I think we can both agree on. A lot of these songs are. I don't want to say forgettable because they're all good, but I think that they're all interchangeable. Like, I can't. A lot of these songs, I don't. I can't differentiate them. Whereas, we're on the first two albums, I can differentiate the songs when I hear them. The other ones, it's like, which one is this? Which one is this? And it might be part of that I didn't listen to this album a ton when it came out, yeah. if really at all. And so this is really a, kind of a refresher for me. And so I'm kind of like, okay, okay, okay. But, you know, that might be part of it. But I just was not overall impressed. And I just couldn't differentiate, like, this one from this one from this one. Like, if you, if you put on one song, I wouldn't be able to tell you which one it was from the start. Where okay. if you give me a song from the other two albums, I'd be like, oh, okay. You know, we talked about earlier, me and Chris were, were just BSing about stuff. Um, Beat Yourself Blind, the next song from the that album. And Chris was saying, you know what, sometimes it seems that he's not singing. He's almost kind of rapping, you know, or trying to rap or somewhat rapping. And it, that that is one of those songs that it kind of, there is a point where he's... The cadence of the, scene, he, of the song. Exactly. It It's not there. And it wasn't, that's how more memorable it was for me. It was like, you're right, his, his vocals were little less singing and emotion more like hey yeah beat myself blind like that yeah the next song on that one because like i said they were moving on because these are not really memorable songs the next one was eileen and that one did that one that one took me like i think we're gonna be on green so i like this one same thing uh got me the hook line of sinker it was just you know about a girl eileen uh, I, I dug it, man. I, I, I'm definitely not going to tell you that I didn't love it, but and that was one of those things that uh, uh, it, it, it caught me in, and I love it, man. I, I thought it was really good. Uh, Remembrance to be seen, same thing. Not a memorable song. Um, kind of, you know, I don't want to say throwing away, but it was just not super exciting. Uh, even the even the um, title track, Subhuman Race. You know what? I didn't like the. I, I actually. This is probably one of the songs I did not like. Um, I, I, I was listening to it. I was reading the lyrics along with it. I just didn't like. I just didn't like it. I didn't like the way it was sung. I didn't like the way that the lyrics were written. I didn't like the way. It was, I mean, he's 
you talk to me like I'm subhuman. Now you're treating me like I'm subhuman. You're jumping into the subhuman race. I don't know what, what we're going for here. I didn't exactly. I didn't know what we were going for in the song. Exactly. Exactly. Um, not memorable. Um, they should have changed the, the album title. But hey, we're not part of the band, right? No. Um, the next song, Frozen. Loved it. Memorable. Yeah. Uh, uh, a lot of good things about this song, man. I, ju- I, just, I just can't tell you. This song and the one next to it are really one of my favorites on there. Frozen, good song. Uh, Into Another. Uh, oh, I love this song. Can you put, play a little bit for me, Chris? Let's see. I, I just pushed play. Pick the spot. Let's yeah. hear where it is. See emotion is when he sings that I love from him. That's, yeah, it's and and the way he sings his lyrics. So this is one of those songs that does have a lot of emotion and yeah. I definitely love it. Yeah, he definitely has a lot of emotion in his singing. He's a, an amazing vocalist, but he because he can put so much emotion, you feel what he's you hear it, but you feel it. Yeah. You feel it right yeah, now? I'm feeling it, man. There it goes. Things and the emotion. I, I didn't get as much emotion off of this album. Yeah. No, no. And I don't know if there was friction no, no, in the band. It. I don't know if they were like on their outs and they were just kind of like, we're going to do this album and see whatever happens afterwards. But, you know, they could have been on, the, on their outs, bro, because um, I also saw a little documentary on the guys and they were saying after, even before they started to do Slave to the Grind, they were, Dave, Rachel, and some of the guys, Gotti, were um, upset with. Uh, Sebastian's antics, getting drunk, starting fights, you know, try, mostly talk, trying to talk mostly on stage instead of rock and rolling, you know, that kind of stuff. So I think that started off before Slave to the Grind and probably about this time, what, maybe what, close to 10 years into the band, they probably got tired of it. And I think that's one of the reasons why they also were jumping the gun right now, but why they broke up was just, you know, they said that Sebastian's antics was too much, man. They just got tired of him talking and you know uh, once you're in a band i go you represent them and if you do something stupid hey you're now you're saying you know shit about me and mm-hmm. now you're bringing the band down uh anyways go behind that one uh into another great song man that's love it that's one of those uh, so, so skid row songs i love uh, yeah the next one on this uh you know, face against my soul. I, to be honest, with you, Chris, I couldn't. Re- I, I know I listened to it, and I just, it's, I can't even remember no. what's going on, man. I, I, I'll tell you what. The rest of the album is, I can't really remember. Oh, go even breaking down. Well, we might have to listen to it. I don't know. Here's some breaking oh, down. Oh no, breaking down. Oh yes, okay, this one. Yes, play that yes, one. Yes, 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 okay, yes. we're jump, we're jumping the gun real fast. Medicine jars, another one. We're gonna skip it just, over. It yeah. just wasn't memorable. Um. I don't know. There just wasn't. This seems like it wasn't. This, this seems like yes. Now I remember what the song is about. It's kind of. It really is a. Hey man, when you can't when you can't be enough for yourself, I'm here for you. Go ahead and let me be there for you. Go ahead and break down. I'm here for you. Okay. That's really what the song means to me. Okay, I agree with you. But dude, the emotion and the singing, right? And you know what? This really, 
kind of sounds like mid-90s alternative rock to me, right? Yes. The emotion, dude, is just... actually can feel the emotion in the vocals and right the, i think every song that we've actually played on this, <laughs> There's a lot on of this emotion, episode man. uh it's all about the his vocals are such an important part and that's why i mean obviously uh they parted ways and they got a replacement singer or a new singer for the band and have not been as successful um, whether or not music has changed or it's just because the band sound has changed. I think it's a lot because the band sound has changed because I think that they are actually doing a pretty good job of, of kind of morphing into something different, but not too quick. You know what I mean? Yes. They were They were changing, not too quickly, keeping their core sound, but um, definitely kind of evolving a little bit. But I think the fact that Sebastian Bach um, and then Parted Ways really meant that that was the end of Skid Row, the classic lineup, the classic sound, the classicness that is just amazing in those yeah. first three albums. Um, the first two, definitely for sure, and maybe about half of the third album, but uh, you just you just can hear the emotion in his, in his vocals. And yeah. That's so important in this band. It's so important in this band. Yeah. Just just to end the, this album, Subhuman Race, is a band called Iron Will. And same thing, you know, to be honest with you, Chris, I don't remember it. No, because I get I'm so like emotionally tankered from the song that's before it. <laughs> oh, dude. And I'm just like, oh Breaking my god, down. dude. Okay, yeah. What's next? Let me recover. Break it down. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but uh, th that's basically you know our breakdown of the first three albums. Yeah. Hey, uh, just just to go add ahead, something to this, Subhuman Race was done produced by Bob Rock. After oh, I love Bob Rock, dude. Yeah, just been done by Rock. It wasn't by Michael Wagner. He did the first two albums. Um. But this was produced by Bob Rock, and I don't know if maybe he he had the guys do something, or, or the guys in the band were just their headspace was something different. You never know. Music changed in the '90s, and this album was released probably in the heyday of grunge. You know, thanks Seattle scene. Yeah, right. <laughs> thanks guys. Thanks guys. Anyways, um, thanks for hey. You know, give these albums a listen. Uh, the heck yeah. first two albums, crank them all all the way up to ten. Rip the knob off. If you uh, if you don't know if you if you're uh, you think one of these songs is better than me and Chris did we didn't explain, please send us an email, send us a text, hit us on Instagram, hit us on Big Talk CG <laughs> dot podcast on Instagram, Big Talk CG at Gmail dot com, Big Talk CG on Twitter. There you go. All right, this is this is Greg, this is Chris, and we'll see ya.